Hello, bonsoir, and welcome to the Get French Football News Show. I'm Nathan Staples, and joining me this evening are Eric Devin and Rich Allen. The fireworks have started early this November, so who put on a display this weekend in France and who will be foiled in their plot to dethrone the champions? A look at an exciting league weekend after the latest headlines. Paris Saint-Germain now have a record 12 wins in a row to start the season as they won 2-1 against then second place Lille. Kylian Mbappe and Neymar grab the two goals for the champions as they prepare for a big game in midweek in Naples. On Saturday, Lyon dropped the ball as Andreas Cornelius' strike earned Bordeaux a point, while Rennes got back to winning ways as they inflicted a 2-1 result on Colne, who lost their first home game of the season. Monaco are still winless under Thierry Henry as they were sunk by a 1-0 victory for Reims. Nice sneaked a 1-0 win over Amiens thanks to a Prince Desir Guano own goal and Strasbourg played out a 1-0 draw with Toulouse. Dijon are now winless in their last nine as they were thumped 4-0 by Nîmes while on Sunday Nongazumped lowly Gangomp 5-0 with Emiliano Salah grabbing another brace. Saint-Étienne played out the game of the weekend against Angers as they eventually ran out 4-3 winners as both teams had brief leads. While in the final match of the weekend, Montpellier laid down the hammer on Marseille as they ran out 3-0 winners. A double from Gaëtan Laborde means Lapayard are now second in the table. And that's all for now, but do... Well, to keep up with all the news that comes out of the world of French football, do head on over to our website at www.getfootballnewsfrance.com and follow us on Twitter at GFFN. We start this week with the game that's just finished a few minutes ago in Montpellier as they trounced Marseille 3-0. A couple of defensive mistakes from the away side allow Montpellier to rise into second, but we're going to focus on the other team in this result, first of all, Rich, it was a disappointing performance again from Marseille. As many have already pointed out, that's now their fifth loss already this season. They only lost fifth games in to- five games in total last season when they finished fourth, which wasn't quite good enough for Champions League football. Is it time to start worrying about their chances to get Champions League football again with so much more football to, to play that the five losses could be a, a real... Uh, a, a real uh, negative and a, and a worry for them? Uh, I think it's absolutely the time to start worrying. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's 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 not been um, the best of starts. I think as, as almost with last season, I think results certainly earlier in the season perhaps flattered them slightly and perhaps um, sort of paved over the performance and masked, masked the performance um, of Marseille. Um it's it's the defence again, you know. I I don't want to sound like a broken record, but you know we've touched on touched on it on preview show after preview show and main show after main show that the defence is just not strong enough, and it was plainly evident tonight. You know, Rami was guilty of some really static defending for that first goal. Um, uh, you know, silly mistakes from from Amavi, lack of lack of cohesion, lack of of um, of communication between that back four just leaves gaping holes in that defence. And when you've got Mondonda, who's 
not at his best anymore. It's just a bit of a recipe for disaster and culminates in performances we saw tonight. Um, you know, you, you can praise Marseille for, for some of the signings that they've gone about gone about doing. You know, I think Strootman will prove to be a fairly solid signing and seasons more recently that have gone by. You know, Gustavo has proved to be a, a huge success, but they still don't seem to be able to plug those gaps. Um, and it's fair enough to do it bit by bit. But when you're leaving such a, a mess that is that defence, you know, you're asking for trouble. You know, Garcia's not not totally blameless on this. Um, you know, you, I've seen plenty of Marseille fans questioning tonight his his squad selection. And maybe, you know, no matter how, how nice it was that they got to the, the Europa League final, ultimately they did miss out on Champions League football. Um, which should have been well within their grasps last season. It's looking increasingly more tricky that Champions League football um, is is on the cards this season. You know, I know that they've, you know, that they're only, um, you know, they're only six points off. But Montpellier, Lille are playing terrific stuff at the minute. You know, Marseille are not, and now the defence is being found out yet again. Um, I think there's real problems there. So I think come January. Um, you know, if they are, if this project is to bring, you know, success and Champions League football to the club, they're going to have to go out and they're going to have to recruit and probably recruit slightly en masse as well. Eric, the, the worry about this one is this summer wasn't exactly cheap from what I say. They spent around about 52 million euros on, on various different signings and there was always alarm bells about the defence and we've pointed out on a number of occasions that they should have gone out and done a little bit more but at the same time what should be more worrying for the team is not just some of the players that are coming in not quite performing to a level Strootman was was poor tonight but they they didn't create much in this one they've not been quite as as Orgum's blazing in the last couple of weeks at least there's the likes of Jordan and Marvi who was good last season but had a really poor evening tonight is that more alarming that those that established players at the club that they were really leaning on last season aren't quite up to the standard they were last season as well yeah I think that's definitely a fair point to make I think that first to the transfer thing looking back at the, at the summer window it did seem that they were addressing positions of need and, and Radonjic uh, being a versatile attacking player able to play on both flanks and collect a car being you know a, a young central defender who was taken uh, to the World Cup didn't feature except for maybe save one match if I recall correctly but again they seem to be addressing positions of need in the summer but how the signs have worked out is another story and I, I talked at length about my uh, frustration with Anthony Zubizarreta the other weekend on the show and I think that that's again it's it's a, a big question to be asked for Frank Court as to whether he wants to entrust uh, Zubizarreta with you know additional significant funds to try and improve this team but more to the point, because again, this this team is still, you know, uh, with Strowman coming on board, still roughly the same side that, you know, advanced to the European final, uh, the push for push for the Champions League for most of the season had, by all accounts, a really good season. There were really good signs of improvement under Rudy Garcia, um, and I think that what we're seeing at the current at the current at the cur current state of affairs is that. Marseille are just lacking a level of consistency, and I think they're also perhaps lacking depth. I think that it's interesting when we look at that defense. Well, there are two players who have been at various points in their career capable, uh, at the very least, and above average at their very best defenders in Gary Sertic and Thomas Hubachan. Now, I know they've had their struggles with injury, but 
they in particular, I think, you know, could be options to give that defense a little more more solidity, a little more experience, and to not have these players playing, you know, two matches week in, week out, which is necessarily going to wear them down. I think that's the frustration that there's not really another orthodox left back besides Jordan Amabi. Uh, there's not really a, another central defender that Rudy Garcia seems to fully trust besides Adil Rami. I mean, clearly the fact that he's playing, again, Kamara is an intriguing prospect. It's still, as we saw tonight, not quite there yet. The fact that he's playing Luis Gustavo there regularly. Uh, this lack of rotation is, and this lack of focus is, is a product of Garcia simply not trusting the squad he has. And that really leads me to believe what, in what sort of context, how closely is he working with uh, Zubisareta in terms of this recruitment that's, that's leaving this side, you know, which again, should have a, a reasonable level of depth looking so bereft of it and and looking so poor uh, i i don't i'm not really sure what to say i don't think the champions league is totally out of reach but again you know as we as we'll get on to montpellier and lille are playing well uh, as as we, we both as we mentioned earlier and with those sides again marseille's european season looks to be over but there's still three more matches to play. There's still involvement in the Coupe de la Ligue. There's still involvement in the Coupe de France. Uh, Lille, I believe, and Montpellier are both eliminated this week from the Coupe de la Ligue. So the league is going to be the prize for those sides. And we saw Montpellier in particular look incredibly hungry. And Lille have so many weapons in attack that it's going to be hard to for Marseille to catch those two, let alone the likes of Saint-Étienne and Lyon, and even Strasbourg, who have looked fairly sharp this season as well. It's... I think it's not necessarily a matter of Marseille's quality from here on out, but it's a matter of how many teams that they have to overhaul and how that pans out. So I think going forward, Garcia has to trust players more, uh, perhaps look at something a little bit differently tactically. You know, is that playing the likes of a Sertic or a Sertic in midfield to give a little bit more solidity there? You know, I think that, you know, Strootman you know, perhaps has, has looked a little bit off the boil. He played well against PSG, but uh, certainly on, on the evening, he was not at his best. And to look at how to reinforce that side, because certainly we know Marseille have the gifts, but it's going to be the confidence taken from recording clean sheets, from recording good, solid defensive results that are going to allow this team to progress and get back to where they really want to be, given the investment, given the history of this club. Yeah, it's been a frustrating time for them. And, and Rich, to add to that misery at the moment, is their Europa League form as well, which they obviously go back into on Thursday night. But in all likelihood, if if the Lazio turn up like they did last week, where Marseille were, were truly awful at midweek, um, they, they'll likely be heading out of the door on that one as well, which might be a blessing in disguise, at least for their league form. But it just adds to the disappointment that the fans would have been feeling this season, that they should be more competitive in these games. And given that they were so bad on Thursday night, you thought you would have seen a reaction this evening, but that clearly wasn't the case. Well, yeah, I mean, you almost think, do they do they just just forget about that Lazio game now? Forget about the Europa League. Realise that they need to get their season back on track. Um, you know, they've got, um, you know, they've got a very kind game coming up, um, final game before the, the international break at home to Dijon next weekend. You know, that that's a game that, you know, if they can if they, if they can, you know, put in a good performance there, get the win, at least go into the international break in a slightly more positive mood to then come back because they then, you know, they've then got Amiens away, which is not 
you know, it's not a walk in the park, but it's, you know, again, it's a it's a winnable game. Um, and then they have Rams at home, which, again, you know, is a winnable game. So they've got a run of three league games where, you know, we, we will see that or we will see whether Marseille really, you know, do have that hunger and desire um, to, to push on because, you know, if they don't and they slip up in those three games, you know, it, it really could be curtains for that Champions League qualification. Yeah, especially given the teams that are playing around them. And just before we move on, a brief point, Eric, on, on Montpellier, a team we've talked about a few times this season as they've they've built up a, a good head of steam. They started scoring goals again. And we said on Thursday as well that this game would be massively important to see that where they are benchmark-wise against a, one of the bigger sides since they'd played a lot of sort of mid to lower table sides. This really was a statement winner. And also with Laborde grabbing two, he's confident they're scoring goals. Mollet was excellent again as well. We're praising all the attacking players from up play, which under a Desicarian side, it feels a little bit strange still doing. Yeah, I, it's, I, I think it's, you know, obviously Montpellier, one of those clubs who, yes, I, I know that they won the league a few years ago, but have been uh, sort of the archetypal French club. They've always been forced to sell, whether that's been uh, the likes of uh, Nia Cate, um, uh, Jérôme Roussillon, uh, going back a couple of seasons, uh, Riyad Boudabouz, Steve Mounier. Uh, but I think that this summer, again, the loss of Nia Cate was not as significant this summer, but I think that the club and the hierarchy saw green shoots with what Der Zakarian was doing and allowed him to make investments in attacking players in Mole, uh, <clears throat> Laborde, and, um, and Delore. And, and we think about, uh, and Delore at his best, you know, we think back to him, him being such a key figure for Patrice Caron's camp a few seasons ago. And Laborde the same way, being that, that, that exact, exact balance of physicality, uh, aerial ability, and pace, and willingness to press. And, if you were to design sort of a, an ideal striker for Michel Derricarian's systems, those two would be it. And I think that, you know, Mole, now that he's got uh, confidence, he's, he's free of injury, is back to being the player who Mets had hoped they would get when they signed him and really wasn't uh, for they got not due to his injury record. But again, there's a lot more to come, uh, I think, before season's end. I think in December alone, Montpellier uh, have Lille, PSG, and Lyon. It's a certainly hefty-looking month. There's Ren, to, there's Ren to come before November's out as well. So certainly there's going to be tests against more ambitious sides. Uh, Nantes, who again are in form, as we as, as we'll get to. Um, I think Montpellier. You know, we I think we can think back about how a side like a Gangamp or an, an Angers did very well for the first half of the season in recent years, but sort of were revealed uh, by the fixture list or by just teams cottoning onto what they were doing in, in recent years. But I think Montpellier, you know, again, Marseille are out of sorts, but the fact that Montpellier continued to be, as Michel Dakarian's sides have always been, looking back at his time at Nantes, exceptionally defensively solid, but the way that attack is so cohesive, is so dynamic, I, I, I think this is something that can be sustained, and I think it shows the value of reinvestment um and you know as a counterpoint to this we can look at teams like a gangomp who are really struggling you know not having had much reinvestment made in that in that club uh despite players moving on in the summer 
yeah, huge credit to them. There's, yeah, like you say, there's there's almost a murderer's row for them next up, really, the next couple of weeks. But that's what you get when you have a softer schedule to start off with. And I'm pretty certain while they'll be like looking at some of the tougher teams and thinking that it's going to be a, a, a big test for them, I'm sure other teams will be thinking now after this result that it's not going to be very easy for them either. Uh, on to um, another side. Oh, in big trouble, you might say, it is Monaco. Um, they've lost again this weekend as they fell to a 1-0 result against Rouse. There's still injury worries and some teething problems, admittedly, Rich. So we, it's still with a grain of salt, but it's now four games under Henri. It's a little bit more easier to judge the ground that he's been given, but two league defeats and a draw and, and a draw in the Champions League against Bruges and, and likely their swan song in that competition coming in midweek if uh, all the results don't go their way as well. It's been a tough start and the pressure might already quickly be on him after a result against the side where while they've won two games in a row and credit, they're not exactly the, the most fearsome side in, in Liga. Yeah, it's 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 starting to look a you know major major problems for Monaco now, you know to to have of um to have you know forced out Jardine. We know that it, you know it was a serious issue that was going on with with Monaco in their form and the start of the season, um, but there has been no no respite to that. Um, I think Thierry Henry came out after the match and said, you know, my players are unintentionally not playing the way I want. Um, uh, we've still got the issue that we we were addressing with Jardine when he was there at the start of the season. There's still a lack of clear understanding what the best eleven is through through this squad. Uh, I, I truly believe that. Um, so you know, I don't envy, envy Henri in that regard. Um, it, it's the same problems. It really is. It's it's the you know the young players just being you know way too raw. It's the senior players not performing. Um, you know, you look at that team, it shouldn't it shouldn't be on paper, it should be nowhere near the foot of the table. You know, they are experienced players who have, you know, some of them have, have won the title. You know, you look at the likes of Campbell Blick and Jemison, you know, that that's a that was the you know a um a league and winning centre back pairing. You know, they're not performing. You've got a real lack of um I think you've got a real lack of muscle in midfield. Um you know, I Benassa has not played a huge amount of football. Um, you know, T Elements has been, you know, has certainly veered on the side of disappointing. You know, you look at the the fact that they, you know, they brought in uh, Chadley in the summer, and then you've got the likes of Sofiane Diop, you've got the likes of Musa Silla, incredibly raw. Um it, it's it's a struggle um for Henri. And at the minute, it's really looking difficult to see how he how he gets out of this, um, you know, the players have to respond. Now, if he's claiming that the players are unintentionally not playing the way that he wants them to play, well, that that's on him. That's on him to to get that message across to the players, to get them playing intentionally how he wants them to play. Um, and if and if and if that doesn't work, then he needs to change what he what his expectations are, um, because ultimately the squad. You know, even with all those raw young players, the squad is still a good squad. You know, at worst, at worst, it's a, you know, lower lower end of the, the top half of the table kind of a squad, really, um, all things considered. But at the minute, players are low in, incredibly low in confidence. 
Um, they don't seem to be knowing, knowing particularly what they're doing on the pitch. Um, there's a real, real lack of understanding between between the squad um, and between the message that's coming across from the from the dugout. Um, so Thierry Henry has a massive, massive job on his hands. Um, what's going to be interesting, of course, is how long. You know, it seems stupid to say only four four games into his tenure, but you know, how long do the do, do Monaco give him? You know, if this if he doesn't turn things round, and you know, come the start of twenty nineteen, we're sat here and we're still talking about Monaco being in the bottom three. You know, is, is Henri going to be given that 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 time to to see out the rest of the season to try and rescue it? Because I'm not entirely sure this team, this project, and and everything that 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 sort of constitutes it can afford to drop down you know a, a relegation is you know it's it's sort of apocalyptic really i think for this monaco team so um yeah there is a big big task ahead for Henri, and and i think what we've seen over these four games is that you know the realization of the situation and the severity of the situation have really sort of slapped him around the face i think you saw that in the the press conference after the game there was you know, a, a, a real sort of serious worried look in his in his eyes. Um, so it's, yeah, I think the next few weeks are going to prove very telling for Monaco and Henri. It has to. I mean, Eric, the, the excuses start going a little thin after a while of, of the, the young player bits, because especially in this game, OK, they went behind um, in the first half, but Alexi Romao got sent off after 50 minutes. They had plenty of time then to down to 10 men to pile on the pressure instead. Pele, a 27-year-old who's pounded around a little bit, yes, but he's experienced enough, gets himself sent off. And they end the game, really, with the substitutions he made were Tielemans, Diop and Silla coming off, the youngsters for Grandsir, Falcao and Pele, who have experienced the, the team on there. By, Ait Benesir has played plenty of league and football. Golovin's played plenty of games for Seska and Champions League games, so has Nasser Chadley. Glick's Wealth experience. Benjamin Hendricks has played in the Champions League with um, with Bayer Leverkusen. Diego Benaglio has as well when he was at Wolfsburg. These aren't players without great experience. Yet he, against a team that does struggle to score goals, yes, they've been really solid defensively. And credit to Rans the last couple of weeks for for turning round results and making themselves much more difficult to beat. And it's helped them gain some really big wins. But the excuses really for Monaco's players, at least, are, are really running thin. I suppose so, but I think we should really look critically at Monaco's transfer policy. Uh, looking at the summer they had before the title-winning season, uh, the big names being brought in were Gleek. I guess we didn't really know much about him as for the casual league on Observer. If you knew about how good he was at Torino and for Poland, I guess you're a keen observer of, of football. But Look at the likes of Sidi Bey and Mendy coming in. These are players who at the time had each played somewhere in the neighborhood of 100, 150 matches professionally, had played in the Champions League, but more critically knew League 1, uh, save Glick. And I think that the improvements in that regard, you had uh, Germain coming back on loan from Nice. He played a key role in terms of his versatility and ability to, to finish off matches as well in attack. The players that are coming in this season you know, there are a few that I think fit the archetype and, and, and make sense. Aulu, uh, who had a good season with Strasbourg last season, I think makes sense. But beyond that, I, I think that the intensity and the physicality that 
we naturally associate with Ligo is not something that has necessarily been ingrained into a lot of these players. And perhaps they're, they're thinking because they, they view Ligo from the outside and they, you know, perhaps they can talk to an international teammate or something like that to, to know, you know what that's like. Maybe Bejer and Henrik speaks with Julian Draxler about the quality of Ligo. I don't know. But I think that that quality has been a rude awakening for a lot of these players and that 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 intensity that quality i mean we saw you know for example from Montpellier this evening you know how intense and how driven teams can be and especially you know i know monaco aren't the force they were two years ago but it's still thierry henry it's still a side that's in the champions league it's still a scalp so especially against clubs of much lesser means, Rass being a good example, for example, uh, a good example, sorry. I don't feel that these players, even with some experiences, you mentioned Pele there or, or Nasser Chadley, I don't feel that they're necessarily ready to stand up and fight for, for, for this project because their, their question is, you know, if I am a Pele or a Chadley, why have I been brought here? I've I've not been brought here for my sell-on value, clearly. So I'm not putting myself in the shop window. I'm not going to buckle down and improve. I mean, we we saw that picture with Benjamin Mendy. So there's a lack of motivation. There's a lack of familiarity with the league. And I think there's, frankly, a lack of understanding with how much tactical stability this team's had, both under Henri, but also under Jardine. I think it was. It's been a matter from both managers just throwing whatever they can at the wall tactically, getting it to stick. So those two factors are really the undoing of this side. I think that there's potentially improvement to come if if you get uh, players playing the way that they can. I, I really like Yusuf Ipanaser. I think he's someone who should be given more time. Aulu as well. Uh, Ronnie Lopez coming back to full fitness. You know, we saw his form down the back end of last season being really integral to their push for the Champions League. But I think this team as constructed now is players who, by professional necessity, are, are on so many different pages, as it were, in terms of their professional career, in terms of their ambitions, in terms of their outlook for the future, that to have this side in, in such disarray is only natural. It's really difficult to expect that there be another outcome other than what we're seeing right now from this side. Yeah, it's couldn't have picked a tougher job to walk into, but we'll, we'll wait and see, and we'll obviously keep a keen eye on uh, how it's getting on for him in a big midweek game as well for them, and possibly his last champ, well, possibly their last Champions League outing for a little while, at least anyway. They, they're likely going heading out, but they won't be wanting to go out without a little bit of a fight, at least on to more positive things and a couple of sides that are going to be in Champions League action this weekend. And starting with Paris Saint-Germain, Rich, who broke more records this weekend, 12 wins in a row, but it didn't come as easily as they may have expected, even though Lille have been really good this season. The first half was a bit uh, lacklustre, but they did control things in the second half uh, at times and eventually found the breakthrough. And credit where credit is due, Paris Saint-Germain are now... Europe's best ever starting best ever start in Europe to a season in the top five major leagues with 12 wins in a row. Is it something that will go down for a long while and may given the length of time it was until there was 12 wins in a row previously, it might never be beaten again. Well, no, it might not. Um, 
And at the moment, it seems it's difficult to see when the run will actually end. You know, I think Lille certainly represented the the biggest test for for, for PSG. Um, you know, we've been obviously full of praise for how they've played and started the season. And certainly, yeah, you thought after the first 45 minutes, although PSG, um, you know, dominated in terms of, of, of um, uh, possession and there was obviously the Marquinhos effort where he probably should have scored. You know, Lille didn't give up too many clear-cut opportunities. I thought Lille looked relatively comfortable, uh, perhaps not not offering, under, arguably understandably so, not offering as much going forward as, as we've come to expect this season. Um, but, you know, PSG, ultimately, you always felt were in control. Um, it, it's probably worth noting that there was a slight element of fortune in both the PSG goals. Um, you know, the Neymar passed through to Mbappe got a very key, crucial deflection on its way through. Um, but, you know, you do not take away anything of what a you know, fantastic finish that was from Mbappe. And I think just shows how far he's come. You know, I think you rewind the clock back, not even 12 months, you know, he probably would have taken a touch there. He'd have probably run in on goal, still probably scored, but he wouldn't have, don't think he'd have had that confidence in his own ability to have taken that opportunity on first time from, you know, a couple of yards outside the area uh, to have finished that, you know, with that level of accomplishment. Um, you know, the, the 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 adage goes that, you know, great strikers just know where the goal is. And, you know, he barely needed to look up. You know, that ball came through and it was, you know, it was a deflected ball as well. So it wasn't necessarily going where he anticipated it to go. But the reactions and then the sheer quality of that finish were, were absolutely fantastic. Uh, and then the Neymar goal, you know, I thought Neymar, um, you know, was probably at the better end of his spectrum. Um, you know, he, he looked confident and, and full of tricks um, and, you know, got a goal that probably his performance deserved, but that in itself had a, a a wicked deflection on it as well. So, you know, a slight element of fortune, but, you know, fortune favours those that, that, that you know, play well and, and force the fortune on their side. And there's no doubting that, that PSG warranted and merited the win with their performance. You know, it was another solid performance, if not a spectacular one. Um, but yeah, it's it's really difficult, I think, to see where this where this winning run ends. You know, they're they're you know they're capable of of performing in what felt like third gear for large large portions of that game against who this season are looking to be like their you know their nearest rivals. Um, and you know, if they can afford to to operate in third gear for probably 75% of the match and still come out with the three points, you know, you, you fear for the rest of the team, uh, the rest of the teams in the division um, and fear for, for any, any team hoping to, to smash this record of PSGs because I just don't see where it ends. Yeah. It's everlasting at the moment, really. And Eric, they've got a big game in midweek as they take on Napoli. It takes more significance given the fact that, the result last weekend or the or last well, two weeks ago, sorry, that they got a draw in the end. They almost lost it, but it, it, with the group so tight, having Napoli beaten Liverpool earlier and, and Liverpool beating PSG, uh, there's a little bit of pressure in this one, isn't there? For, to get a win away from home, it's not, not going to be the easiest of tasks. They'll be delighted to get an extra day's rest, but uh, the focus really 
for the next well, for for the given their sort of lackadaisical first half at least you can forgive them maybe for their focus being slightly elsewhere and this game is going to be massive in midweek yeah it is i think i think that a slight amount of pressure is an understatement um but that being said i do think that we're seeing these players become more and more comfortable with adapting to this uh this three-man defense that uh, has been adopted by thomas this thomas Tukum. And, and there's really i think in particular on Di maria i mean he's been fairly brilliant uh, for really all of this calendar year, but I think he's really taking it up a notch, uh, playing playing in this in the central midfield role, uh, which gives him a little bit more freedom to both you know use his work rate to help out in defense, uh, but also to to play a creative uh, role. Uh, you know, I think I believe he's got six assists so far. That's the best figure in Ligue 1. and. I think we're back to seeing him be that player that we saw near the end of his time at Real Madrid as being, you know, if not a world-class talent, certainly approaching that level. And I think that, you know, how to fit Cavani into this side still is a little bit of, a, of, of an issue. I know he missed uh, this match on Friday through injury and it remains a doubt for uh, the match in, in midweek. But I think there's a lot of really good signs here that, you know, PSG, the players, you know, you think about Thiago Silva, Thiago Mata, Zlatan uh, Ibrahimovic, there's even Marco Verratti and, ne- and, and Neymar and maybe Mbappe to a certain extent. There's always been this sort of cult of player power about them. But I think that we're seeing with Tuchel uh, an evolution and a, a really impressive uh, level of performance. I know the Champions League has been frustrating, uh, but it's a tough group. and I think that, again, it, it all depends on this week, but I think that there's really a lot of impressive signs here from this side that they can continue to improve. And it might take a very bold call for this for the club to be patient with Tuchel should they be eliminated, but I think they should be patient with him, and I think they should allow this team to develop and, and to continue to grow and, and be a, a sustainable coherent project, which they haven't always looked, have rarely looked uh, in the QSI era. They've always looked more a collection of stars and players thrown sort of haphazardly together rather than uh, a significantly coherent team unit. So I think that, you know, Napoli, we saw in excellent form on on Friday, um, are still to be feared. Uh, They seem to be really improving tactically themselves under Carlo Ancelotti. And I think that, uh, you know, there's going to be certainly a measure of revenge there uh, for Ancelotti to, against his former club. So it's, it's going to be a dangerous proposition. But you've got Kempembe coming back into the side uh, in place of Kerr on the left side of that three. Um, that's going to be an improvement. And I think that it's it, things look very good for, for PSG. I think they're going to get a lot of confidence from this win because Leo played a, a decent match. Uh, Jeka and, and uh, Tego Mendes in particular uh, were all over – the place in midfield were very aggressive, uh, pressed, pressed very intensely, but still I think that PSG played with a lot of confidence and uh, that'll, that'll fit them well in what's going to be a difficult trip. Mm, yeah, and credit to Lila, like, like you say, Eric, uh, uh, I thought they were pretty good. It was just a little bit of that front line, wasn't it? I think I think that uh, Nicolas Pepe and, and 
Mbamba were maybe a little bit too eager at times. They lost the ball. They had a bit of frustration. They they didn't quite control things and 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 break into attacks as, as fluently as they did, especially in the first half. But uh, I think they'll they'll have the chance to bounce back soon enough. They they look like a a really good side that's going to stick around there. And on to um, another side in Champions League action this weekend will be Leon. It's it's another big game for them in midweek. At least and we'll start with that. Rich, I'll speak to Eric about um, the weekend's game at least anyway. But uh, uh, facing Hoffenheim, they were disappointed not to get that result last time out. They head back to Leon this time around and, and with renewed optimism, although um, Depay may have another couple of things to say about it yet, but we'll wait and see. But um, a chance for them that if they do get a victory against Hoffenheim, they, they're really in the driving seat to advance to the next round. Yeah, I think they'll be they'll be looking at uh, uh, you know with with a couple of of you know tricky games to round the group off. Obviously, the the return fixture of their tie against Man City, and then they finish away uh, in the Ukraine. Um, they'll see this as as you know a a game that if you know those three points, it suddenly eases the pressure perhaps on those final two games. Um, you know, it was a you know it was disappointing. Uh, for all the positives in that performance in Germany, it was disappointing that they couldn't hold on for all three points. Um, they'll be wary that that since then, um, you know, Hoffenheim have looked very good uh, in the Bundesliga and are going through a bit of a, a free-scoring spell themselves. Uh, so it's certainly not going to be an easy game, certainly not a straightforward game. Um, and, you know, the performance yesterday was was far from ideal to give them that confidence going into uh, into the game um on i think is it wednesday they're playing i think mm-hmm. this week um but you know it's a game that's that's winnable um definitely uh, but they they definitely going to have to um up their game you know the performance this weekend was was not good enough um and will not be enough to earn them the uh, the three points that they will really need um, this week, uh, so Genesio is going to have to look at his team. Um, I fully expect there to be changes from the the lineup um, uh, that that went up against Bordeaux this weekend. Um, but you know, I, I I think there's enough there with Leon that that they are capable of getting that win. Mm, absolutely, and they've got to watch out for the Hoffenheim's attack. They might not be as um, fruitless as as Bordeaux's, although they did end up getting a goal that they needed. Eric in that one all draw. And the the talk all week, and we talked about it in the midweek show as well, was is the sort of Depay fiasco, him calling out saying he needs to be starting games, Genesio calling out I'm out in the in the thing. And then and his his chance to put up or shut up, maybe some people would say. And again we saw a typical Depay performance that leaked into a typical Leon performance at the moment where they just don't really know how to once they've got a league how to how to kill off a game and they sort of settle into setting King Gear and yet again it's come back to bite them. Yeah I mean even even the winning against Angers uh before the Hoffenheim match again they they conceded a late goal to um I'm sorry that wasn't that was a week ago it wasn't before the Hoffenheim mm. match. Um but again they conceded a late goal to uh uh, the Spanish striker Franche Chris Christian yeah. Lopez, I believe, is his surname. Yeah. So, but again, that's that's three matches running now that they conceded a goal in the last quarter of the match, and I understand you've got tired legs. Uh, Pop Shake Diop was uh, suspended for this match, I believe. Uh, 
I don't. I mean, why not start Jordan Ferry? You know, why not? Um, why not uh, give two star or Dombele the the entire match off rather than having you know having them be, be run ragged and half tired for for the midweek fixture? And Dombele was fine, good, um, but is he is it really necessary? Are, are Leon that shallow in terms of attack uh, and ingenuity? And strong play that they have to play our ninety minutes, have to play in Dombele and Tusar for, for large parts of the match. I think that that's a little bit frustrating. I know trying to navigate the pie situation, trying to navigate uh, Fekir just returning now from injury, uh, is a little bit tricky. But I, I still think that Genesio, like we talked about with Rudy Garcia, seems perhaps not to trust certain players, even given strong performances in the past. I and mean, Maxwell Corne is fit again. You know, perhaps he's a better option uh, to come on. You know, in terms of trying to stretch play against Bordeaux, more, perhaps Martin Terrier gets gets more of a look in, and we see Leon play a four two three one instead of a four three one two with Terrier playing on the left flank and Awar playing in midfield. I, in place of with one of Tusar and Dabley starting on the bench, I think that there are options that have been successful uh, for Genesio in the past in terms of his tactical outlook. And I think that he just really seems to be over-reliant on certain players. And, and like, you know, like we said, this came back to bite Leon at certain points last season. I think that we saw very sharp declines in form from particularly Tusar and Fekir. And if injury was a factor for Fekir last season. But, but those two in particular, I think we saw, saw very sharp declines in form. Uh, we had, obviously, the likes of Memphis and Bertrand Traore uh, improving their form last season to get back, you know, allow Leon to get that Champions League place. But Genesio has to has to be more willing to rotate this side if he wants to get, you know, given the results so far, which should be a pretty easy road to progression into the, into the knockout rounds, which I think, given the squad that Leon have, should be their aim. I think that you know. They seem to have bought fairly well over the summer. I, I think Dembele has been a little bit fitful, adjusting to a new league, but I think Denayer has been a fairly strong signing. Um, I think Dubois has been, you know, obviously injury has been a mitigating factor with him, but I think that, you know, okay, yes, there's no Ruben Diaz, but, you know, Leon should have more depth, should have more, more ability this season, and I, I think that, I think that Genesio simply needs to look to his bench a little bit more, um, given how well some of those players players have performed in the past. I mean, Jordan Ferry, you know, say what you want. I know he's a hothead. He's the yellow card waiting to happen. But he was a very integral part of that team in 2014-15, where Leon pushed PSG for the title for until the last seven or eight weeks. Um, and I think that against a team like Bordeaux, who themselves are perhaps a little bit distracted by Europe, um, and have looked decent under Ricardo slash Eric Bedaway, uh, but that's the kind of match when you need to perhaps you know take a flyer and see what happens uh, with some of those reserve players without having to tax your key players so so heavily. Um, so I, I think that yeah, Genesio just simply needs to think more critically about how he's using these players, how he's overusing some of these players, and how that fits in with you know what is a decently deep squad. Yeah, and it's going to be an important game 
in midweek and it's important for Genesio to to work that out really because they are a team that are no, you look at the table and there is certainly a chance for Leon to, to take that second place should they hit the form that they we expect of them but another disappointing result for them this weekend uh, on to a game between two sides that are sort of passing ships in the night at the moment really is maybe the best way to describe it and it's not and Gangomp who Lekaneri go ahead with a with a 5-0 victory in this one Rich uh, the reason we wanted to highlight them really is they've scored 11 goals in their last three games not it's a it's a stark contrast to the start of the season where they did really struggle at times not just as necessarily score goals consistently but get results at least it, it led to Cardo's a sacking but it's it's certainly changed dramatically in the last couple of weeks under new management and a great result for them Salah grabbing a couple of goals and they they're playing attacking football looking airy fans must be must be delighted yeah it's 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 certainly a a stark difference to the uh the team that we saw under uh, you know under Ranieri who were you know solid defensively but certainly weren't uh, you know the most exciting of teams to watch um you know i don't have the stats at hand but you know 11 goals in three games uh, it's probably a long time since nont have have you know notched up that that number of goals in that shorter spell um you know it's it's nice to see you know it's 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 what we've you know we've we've been hoping for i think from nont um, for a long time is that you know they have established themselves as a you know a very organized but defensively minded team who perhaps just lack that um that ambition going forward and maybe they you know arguably lack the quality perhaps as well um going forward to to to, to sort of make things a little bit easier than for themselves rather than having to rely on on that defense um certainly i think the uh the, the loan signing of, of Bashili, Gabriel Bashilia from Monaco has made a huge difference. I think he's looked he's looked excellent um in his uh, his brief time with the club. You've got Salah who's you know suddenly found you know a red hot pair of scoring boots um and is now he's now already reached double figures for the season. Um only Mbappe has scored more um than than Salah this season. Um you know, he notched a brace today, he notched a hat-trick the other day. Uh, you know, he is in fine scoring form. Um, and, yeah, it just seems a team that that now have added that that attacking element to the team. They've got the players, um, you know, they've always worked hard, but have perhaps just lacked the confidence or, as I say, the quality to go forward. But maybe, you know, the, the, the introduction of, of Bashilia to that team... Um, you know that little slight hint of sort of a, a you know, bit of bit of skill, bit of flair um, that has been severely missing from that team for a long time. Um, maybe that's just been the key element to unlock um, this not team, because certainly the last few weeks since um, Harold Hodzic came back, it came into the uh, into the dugout. You know they've been a completely different team. Um, you know the the performance today was heavily caveated. Uh, you know, the penalty that, that opened the scoring just before uh, just before the break was very, very fortunate. It was a very soft penalty. Salah went down very easily. Um, and Gangon, you know, rightfully have got good, you know, have just cause to, to complain about that. But what Gangon don't have just cause for 
was the state of their defending in the second half because all four of those goals in the second half had an element of of um, of, of a mistake from the Gangomp defence, be it poor touches, be it poor clearances, be it poor marking. Um, yeah, all all four of those goals in the second half, Gangomp could have prevented. Um, and that's the worry is that they imploded. Yes, it was a you know a rough decision on them to to award that penalty just before the break because up until that point, you know Gangomp were holding their own, but to have imploded as they did in that second half, you know that's unforgivable. You know I don't care whether it's whether it's not whether it's you know whether it's PSG whether it's any team in the top flight to have imploded in the manner that they did, which was inflicting the damage on themselves. You know, you fear, you fear that Comboare is not for long with with Gangon for starters, but you fear that there is a terminal confidence issue and quality issue in that Gangon side. Um, that it, it's just going to add up to them being doomed, and you really struggle to see their way out from from this. First of all, credit to Emiliano Sala, the, the person I always look like, say, he looks a little bit like Bambi on ice, but he's had a terrific season. And this is now he's, we're not even halfway through the season in his, his most prolific season in French football. So credit to him for, for turning it around and, and showing the quality he's got, although it sometimes maybe looks almost on by accident sometimes, but um, credit to him for, for grabbing plenty of goals. But uh, Eric, uh, Rich has mentioned it already, and I do want to focus on on Gangomp's poor form again as well, because we we obviously highlighted them considerably at the start of the season with with six defeats in a row. They were bottom of the table, uh, but after a draw against Nîmes that finally got them a point and a and a win against Angers, we thought, okay, maybe this is the point where Gangomp turned things around. But since then, they've had three straight draws and then this humiliating sort of defeat this to earlier today as well which is not exactly what you want from from any team but the, the worry is now they're they're still only on seven points which is at least joint with monaco but they're still a little bit cut adrift do you agree with rich is there maybe are we maybe on on is quimbari starting to be maybe on borrowed time there's a game against leon next weekend against rans the weekend after that they have to start picking up something don't they otherwise that crisis of confidence that seemed to inflict them today and if it happens again, it, it, it might be curtains. Yeah, it, I mean, it's hard to say. I, th- I think that we look at their summer signings, Ronnie Rodlan and Nolan Rue through injury have not really had a chance to get going. Uh, Rodlan was, I believe, fit again in the Coupe League in, mi- in midweek. Missed this match through injury. Uh, Rue has, hasn't played in something like a month, if I recall correctly. Um, and Marcus Thuram has been suspended. I, th- I think this was the last match of his suspension, but Again, he, he is their joint leading goal scorer with Nicolas Benazé. I think he's looked an improved player, but you know a stupid dismissal has has cost him. So I think it you know Gangamp were looking better as you mentioned, but they've just been so blunted in attack uh, without you know again Rodlan and Rue, their their key summer signings, uh, haven't had a chance to really be included in the team. Ha- hasn't had a chance for Kampoor. He's not had a chance to really figure out what his best system is either. I think that he's been playing this five-four-one of late, really out of necessity. But you know, if you're playing Marcus Coco as your as your nominal striker, I, I think that's only going to go one way. Um, you know, Nantes are not really the, a team that could be got at in that way. They're not a team that suffers playing on the counter. So. 
you know, I, I think that the jury's still out, but I think if, if we're still seeing, you know, not turning at half a point in a match, if they're on, say, oh, I don't know, anything less than 15 points come the, come the winter break, I think that we do have to look at them being, you know, a dead cert for relegation. But again, Rue, Thuram, Rodlin, I think are three key players, along with Benize. Those are the four probably key players, pardon me, that Kambori is was had been looking to in attack this season. And he's not really had them, uh, with with the exception of Benize, he's not really had them at his disposal as he would like. So I have faith in, in Kambori as a manager. Um, so I'd like to see how that sort of shakes out before we're really ready to hammer the nail uh hammer the nails into gangump's coffin as it were um i think that you know it's easy to see them getting say nine or nine or ten points from a span of five matches in where would that put them i mean probably not mid table but you know not cut adrift as badly uh as they currently are i think that's the worry it's going to be take some steel ones if some more results and hammerings come their way in the next couple of weeks. I know Rath's aren't necessarily going to do that, but they are certainly a team that's proven that they're difficult to score against and with Gangon struggling to score, it's not going to be ideal. And, and Leon, unless they give them another gift, will be another difficult tie as well. It does start looking worrying for, for Kumbari, certainly if they do get a little bit twishy-fingered, even though they did give them that contract earlier at the start of the season, maybe not the best idea at this moment in time, at least. Um, and let's head on to our final section tonight and that's as always our league and snapshots and i'll start with yourself rich what haven't we spoken about this evening that our fans in french football need to know about uh probably a light-hearted one although not for not for calm fans to finish with uh miss of the season i don't think this will be beaten um i don't think this will be beaten in any league this season and it, it came in con's defeat uh to to ren this weekend um ball comes across two calm players open goal i'm not exaggerating by saying it's less than one yard out and casimir ninga somehow don't i've watched numerous replays the you know, thomas kubek the ren goalkeeper is nowhere to be seen there are no ren defenders to be seen it's not a bobbling ball it's not a well you know not a high ball a quick ball a slow ball it's nothing like that it's a perfectly normal pass across goal and somehow Somehow he misses it. Um, I've got on my on my Twitter feed. I've got the video. Um, I'm you know you'll be able to find it in, in all sorts of places. It's one of those misses that you just even as a you know as a Ren fan watching that game, even I had my hands over my eyes of how's that happened because it's it is the miss of the season, and I defy anybody to see a a, a worse miss than that this season across any division. Yeah, if only they still had those Christmas uh, blooper videos, it would be certainly on <laughs> on one of those at least. Anyway, Eric, what's your league snapshot this week? I think the surprising resurgence of Neem. Uh, I know Dijon aren't any great shakes defensively, and we've looked, we've talked at length about how poor they've been, uh, you know. But um, having Teji Savania back from suspension, uh, I think, has given this team the dynamism it it it's used to having. Uh, you know how how. Completely, he can, can really control a match, I think, was on fine display um, on Saturday uh, evening. And, you know, scoring four goals, you know, looking looking every bit the, the side that, that they ought to be. Uh, a clean sheet, which is, you know, again, no small no small matter. Again, Neem have struggled defensively. That should give 
confidence to that to that pairing of Briançon and Lange as well. Uh, Feitu Maoasa, you know, on loan from Rennes, perhaps is making a name for himself at left back. I, I know that might be a position of need for you, Rich, uh, depending on how you feel about um, Ruben Bensabaini. So maybe you know, there's we can see Neem coming back into being the side that they looked for much of the first um, the first month of this season. Uh, you know, as being that side, you simply have to watch. Thinking about that, uh, that match against Marseille, that match against PSG, uh, where they were so compelling. I know Dijon are not on that level, but I think that a willingness to play in that dynamic, exciting, attacking style uh, is something that's too often lacking in Liga. And if Neem are going to want to continue to do that, so so much the better. Um, and especially with such a you know, a largely relatively young side. I know that the, the Briançon and Londres aren't, aren't so young, but you've got Paul Bernardoni, you've got Sada Fube, uh, Dennis Bouanga is still fairly young, Baptiste Guillaume, Mouma Um There's really a lot, I think, a lot of exciting uh, players to watch in this Nîmes side. So uh, it's good to see them be back to their best, uh, even, again, with the mitigating circumstance, given the level of their opposition. Yeah, absolutely. And I did say that that would be a game to watch out for earlier this season, but um, maybe expected a little more help from Dijon. But the game that everyone should have been looking out for, and this is my snapshot, because we've, we've predicted a few high-scoring games, I remember on Thursday, Rich, but none of them really suspended. But one of them did that we didn't mention, and that was Saint-Étienne versus Angers, the game of the weekend, 4-3, an excellent game of back to forth, it, it ebbed and flowed when Saint-Étienne's way to start off with and then Angers took advantage and then Saint-Étienne came back again but Angers went in front again and then two goals, well very late goal at least sealed it for Saint-Étienne as they came from behind, an excellent win for them in their hopes for Europa League football next season but terrific game and uh, both sides uh, contributed to that and two sides in all likelihood, will be at least nowhere near the relegation fights, but at least they'll um, put some more entertaining displays on them like that. Please, thank you very much. Um, that's all that we have time for this evening. My thanks to Eric, Rich, and all of you listening at home. Uh, do join us for the preview show on Thursday. But for now, abianto and goodbye.